Hello, I'm your host Ian Gibbs. Welcome back to the Learnability Show. It's well known that as social creatures, we learn better when we do it with others in teams. But is that just a case of learning in class, like most of us experienced at school? Or is there more to it? Teamy Academia is a private teacher training company based in Finland that helps teachers do just that create optimum conditions for team learning. And to tell us all about it, can we have a big learnability round of applause for Vila Vola and Jukka Hosina. Welcome, Vile and Yuka. Pleased to be here. Hello, Ian. It's lovely to have you on the show, all the way from Finland, Finland to Barcelona. I don't think you can get much further apart uh, geographically and still be in Europe there. Let's dive straight in. First question, what is team learning? Team learning. Well, there are many, many definitions on that, but uh, the Team Academia way, you can summarize it to working and being together on long term and it also involves studying if it's done in schools it involves doing projects with economic life in, in school settings in work life settings it's of course the real work that people are doing it's getting together and sharing ideas and knowledge and what we've done what we've learned and also in uh, University settings, you can have this, we call it theory program. So it's sort of, um, you read books and then you reflect the learnings about the books with others. That's basically the team learning we are talking about. I've already got my whole wad of reasons why learning in a group is extremely important. How we learn better when we talk about what we're learning, why, when we share ideas, when we listen to other people share their ideas that they're not not sure of but i understand you can correct me here if i'm wrong but i understand that the work that you do with team learning isn't just getting together and talking about things there's a structure to it would you say that's correct yeah to, to some extent but uh, all of the locations that somehow use the method methodology more or less uh, have their own ways of interpreting the structure so it's not like a machine well-oiled machine that just runs in every place like the same it's always a little bit different from uh, like varying from location to location how how they use the structure uh, so the maybe the biggest point is the role of the of the teacher that is not being the teacher in any way not only a coach but a team coach understanding team dynamics and really focusing on on the team and not on the indi individuals like in how individuals operate in smaller groups and how they share share the learnings uh, from from the projects that they make so the the structure is kind of a like a guideline that every every place has to has to adopt and so what what is that guideline well it's uh, something called the rocket model uh, could be one one of the guidelines uh, that we we have uh, seen that people really enjoy uh, figuring out but it's still uh, quite broad understanding of of, uh, of the three uh, key components of, of our school of thought in in team learning which is uh, training reading practice so training was the was the having the conversation reading was having the theory being applied to practice and the practice being doing those real projects into the economic life 
So there's a, a couple of layers on, on this uh, subject. So that, that's what we call the rocket model. But in, in its core, it's only these three processes that the team coach has to be aware of. When Timia Katemia started, he said struggling to pronounce it right, I understand it started in schools and has grown from there. Is that correct? Yes. It started in in university setting, in um, Finnish Polytechnic School. So it it has sort of uh, broadened from there to different school levels in Finland. And do you know the history of how did it start? Or why? Maybe that's that's a better question, actually. (laughs) Well, it started back in 1993 uh, in University of Applied Sciences in Jyväskylä, Central Finland. And there was this, this guy called Johannes Partanen, uh, who at the time was working on creating new, new ways of, of um, how, to, how to create study programs for, that have more, much more practical basis. Because at the time, uh, the universities were splitting up between the academic universities and the practical university, universities of applied sciences. So there was a, a window where there could be another way of... of uh, Having, having entrepreneurship education, and, and back then it was much more focused on marketing. Uh, so it has pivoted a couple of times, like over the years. But you, can, can you tell us, Jukka, uh, about, the, about the very beginning, from the first team that started in 1993? Yes, so it started very simple. The sort of idea was to do projects to the economic life and learn from them. So... Team learning was needed in order to share these ideas, what you get from the real life. That was the basic idea. There weren't any fancy theories or fancy ideas. Simply people doing stuff and sharing. That was the origins of Team Academia. Later on, let's say 10 years later on, there were all kinds of sort of ideas how the pedagogy actually works. But in the beginning, it was quite experimental. That was the origins of Team Academia. Finland already has an excellent reputation for for education and learning in its school system. Is the the work that you do with team learnings based on what is currently happening in schools, or is it trying to take the education one step even further? Well, I would say that Team Academy has always been kind of an experiment lab for practical learning. So what we are doing doing uh, what we have been doing for almost 30 years, uh, especially the role of the teacher is getting more and more interest in Finland uh, on all levels of education. So that's why it was the experimental lab in the 90s. So we, we kind of uh, figured how, how this whole thing works when the, when the teacher is not giving the, the information and just conveying the knowledge and how, how can they uh, have understanding of teams, having the skills to do coaching and team coaching, uh, how could it work? Uh, so therefore, since, since Finland is seen as a progressive uh, country with, with education, uh, I like to think of ourselves as being the progressive front of the already progressive education system in Finland. Do you have any stories that illustrate what team learning is and the power that it has? Well, I, yeah, you can share. You have new stories. I have the old ones. Well, I can go first because I'm, I'm the newer generation. Uh, since since uh, I was in, in the original 
team academy, team academy in Jyväskylä. In, in, uh, I started over there in 2015, and then after graduation, started working for Team Academy Global, the <clears throat> teacher training company. So I have some some newer um, examples of of the power of of team learning over there. So well, it was the during the second year first of our three and a half year studies. Uh, in in my team, we wanted to do something something related with well-being or something something like this. We wanted to boost well-being in in companies. So we got together with, it wasn't the whole teams, uh, like uh, there were 15 of us. It wasn't the whole group that wanted to wanted to participate in, into this. But a smaller smaller subgroup that had curiosity in this uh, matter. So we started to brainstorm, like what could we do? We had all kinds of ideas. And then this one guy just saw, saw a, a headline on the, on the news that this big new thing is, is huge in, in Brooklyn, in New York called sensory deprivation and and sensory deprivation tanks which means that um, uh, flotation uh, kind of a huge tub for floating that is saturated with with salt or something like this i wasn't familiar with this so uh, a couple of things happened and we eventually bought one for uh, used from from a smaller spa in in finland so we figured that maybe we could bring this to to Jyväskylä, which is a small town 110,000 people uh, in central finland so we were nego- negotiating with a spa that was interested in in having the sensory deprivation tank as a service for their clients over there at the spa so we didn't have to worry about customer acquisition we would just have it there rent it out figure out a, like a contract that we we could both benefit from and it was looking good. We had the tank uh, in a in a storage for a while because we were still negotiating, and then all of a sudden we got a call from them that they have to pull back from the plan because uh, the a, a larger uh, spa chain purchased them, so they they re- like uh, retrieved all of the new new projects. So there we were uh, paying two hundred euros a, a month for a storage and with a sensory deprivation tank. And we knew that we shouldn't rent a location just to have that one sensory deprivation tank, because we knew that in Helsinki there were a couple of uh, these these uh, services that you can go to do the floating thing. But they had like four or six or ten of these flotation devices, and it, it would have meant like tens of thousands of euros of investments. So uh, we had to pivot, and we decided that we will get rid of the whole uh, sensory deprivation tank. And at the time when we were buying it, we didn't know that we would have to cold sell, like with phone calls, cold sell a sensory deprivation tank. Uh, and then we called, called through all the all of the uh, spas in Finland. And well, like you can imagine, like this um, newbie young student calling a spa, trying to explain what is a sensory deprivation tank and why you should buy ours <laughs> to sell it as an uh, additional service to your clients. After the whole whole episode, we managed to sell it eventually, but it was the best sales school that I've ever been in. <laughs> so we didn't know that uh, in, in the beginning, but in retrospect, I, I'm not scared of trying to sell anything after that experience. And I couldn't have done it by myself because um, kind of leaders of the project were, were someone else and I was just uh, being po- kind of a side side project of mine. But still, I learned so much from selling and uh, so much from 
like developing character and and trying to understand like what strings to pull when you're trying to explain something totally alien uh, to a person. So the best sales school in the world. How does that tie in with with team learning? Yeah, I can tell you the uh, coaching side because I used to be a coach in in um, Bimi Academia. I wasn't his coach, but the same principles apply here. So they are having this project, this tank, very exotic, typical Bimi Academia project. They always take the exotic ones. Um, so they would come back to the team learning session. They are twice per week. And they would share their ideas that now we have this tank and we have to get rid of it. And we have been trying to call people. So they are sharing their ideas and what they've learned and how they feel. And they share their troubles as well with the others. And the team coach facilitates that discussion and tries to sort of guide it to sort of by asking questions. So how are you doing and what have you learned and so forth. That's the team learning aspect. So effectively... The, some of the learnings from selling the tank are transferred to everybody. And then sort of everybody's involved in brainstorming what to do next. That's the team learning aspect here. And then you combine it with also with books. So, of course, if you are a newbie, first year student or something, you would read books on sales, how to sell stuff. <laughs> That's combining the, the three parts yes. then. The, the practice, the dialogue and the reading although i imagine it doesn't have to be a reading program could that the reading program also include video material or podcasts or or anything else or does it have to be a reading program well this is a debate that we've been having like is is a podcast uh, uh, acquiring theoretical knowledge because the point of the of the reading program would be acquiring theoretical knowledge and you uh, kind of figure out what you need to learn after you already have kind of an incentive to learn it. Like like with that sensory deprivation tank, we had to understand something about sales. So we had to do a lot of sales, uh, sales uh, uh, like reading about sales and talking to people who are experts in sales. So it kind of gave us the incentive, like, all right, now we need to learn about sales because the not, not learning it was costing us 200 euros a month. I think in the future, it will be more and more videos and all kinds of different media. But the sort of the traditional way was that you have really have to read books. But it's a debate in each team academy. Sort of they are struggling with the idea how to combine the new and the old world. But I think in, in the upcoming decades, it will change. In this case, you successfully managed to sell your sensory deprivation tank by learning through team, team learning. Yes, exactly. And learning how to sell. Vila, yes. did you make any profit? Well, we we made a loss. Like eventually, when you calculate everything together, we made a loss of 450 euros. But when you divide it by our project group, that was uh, three people, so it only cost us 150 euros. All of the things that we learned only cost us 150 euros. That that is that right. is cheap sales training, really. That yeah, is, yeah. it is. Yuka, you said that you had a, a story from the old days. Yes, um, more sort of traditional sort of case story. Uh, simply put, that uh, was that the whole team, uh, we, we contacted this local candy company and they had these special products uh, ma- mainly aimed, the target group was for ladies. So we simply, the whole team, there was, let's say, 12, 15 of us. We went to streets and we interviewed people. We did this sort of basic research on that, sort of interviewing people on their habits and everything. 
and created lots of uh, ideas for the candy company, how to improve the product and how to do the marketing. Then we simply went there, we had the whole board of the candy company over there and we had a presentation on that and sort of had more discussions on what to do next. So that would be the classical way of approaching a sort of, let's say, first, second year project. You take a case, you do some research or something, and then you have a presentation. So that's the easy way to start if, if one wants to use this team learning um, system is, is to have those. And one thing we didn't mention yet is that uh, in Team Academia context, uh, you're supposed to establish your own company with the team, like in the very beginning. And that's a little bit different, like it gives you the skin in the game with your with your project. So uh, as uh, as you're listening to this, you like your audience might see some overlap with project-based learning and all kinds of these uh, schools of thought, problem-based learning. But the idea of Team Academia in its very beginning was to have the skin in the game and also to uh, find those projects yourself. So in problem-based learning, you might be given a certain task, like this is a problem, how, how would you solve it? But in Team Academia, you go out there and figure out, like, if, is there something that we could do for the companies? And you're, you're trying to figure, like, you're creating and developing your understanding of the issues of the companies, that how could you bring value to them with your services? When you say that you create a company when you start your, your training, how long does the training last then? Because that sounds like a, a, a fairly long-term commitment. You start from day one. Um, establishing a company in Finland, it's quite quick, the, the administrative side. It takes two months maximum to have your own company. Maximum. Yeah, maximum. Maybe even in one month. But the, but the whole study program, you're uh, doing projects with that, with that uh, company. So it's a three-and-a-half-year uh, commitment in in, the, in that sense and a couple of the companies have continued after after they have graduated from the university of applied sciences they have can continue with that with that company but many of them are terminated in the end end of the studies what are the mistakes that you find people make that team learning solves to my experience and when I talk to our clients who have established this Team Academia influenced programs, uh, well, mainly, it, it's not always, but mainly the school culture sort of emphasizes the individuality. Of course, you are an individual who is there to learn. But sort of the problems in schools is that people aren't really part of the community so fully that they could be. They, they do know people. I'm not saying that, but sort of the learning together part is missing from schools. So a student doesn't talk, really talk about what, what the person has learned, but they talk about something else that's, of course, important. But team learning sort of provides this idea that you can learn together. I think that that's one thing that team learning solves if, if, if a solution is needed. I think so. Yeah, and also, also the ability to take initiative is something that we we hear uh, like from our from our network, like people who graduate from these kind of uh, programs uh, that have have been um, influenced by Team Academia. Uh, the students over there are after they they go to go to work life and maybe be employed by someone or start their own companies, they are able to to take initiative much more actively, proactively. 
than the students that have go under, uh, gone uh, through a traditional conventional uh, university studies. So that's one one thing that we we get as a feedback, like being ha having these proactive people in the workforce. But then then again about about uh, what kind of problems it 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 fixes in the work life. I think it's something about about the leadership in teams. It's so complicated and sometimes this this idea not even sometimes but often it's easier to go with the a kind of heroic leaders and the idea of i wish that we could just have heroic leaders and i wish that we could have just heroic followers and every team would operate the best uh, but shared leadership is something that you you have to go through a lot in in team learning like how can you make the best outcome for your clients about whatever you're doing and what what is the role of each every every component as a is a as a person in in that project so that's that's something that that i've witnessed myself that shared shared leadership and understanding the complexity of leadership one of the the people that i've interviewed recently was ian cunningham who runs a self-managed learning center in the united kingdom i understand that he's one of your influences is that right vila Yes, he's one of our heroes. <laughs> yes, one of our actually, heroes, Ian actually. Cunningham. Oh, he has influenced Timia Academia a lot. Oh, I remember when I was second year student, I read his book and it was fantastic. It was fantastic. Uh, yes, his ideas have influenced Timia Academia on the background a lot. Mm -hmm. I know that the work that he does, the, there's a, a big importance to getting together and talking. At, at the beginning of each school day, all the students get together and have a, a, a group meeting. And then the, the students are divided up into groups of six, and there's a lot of sharing of ideas there. As far as the discussion part of team learning, I, I suppose the answer is it, it's it's like, trying to say how long the piece of string is. But as far as uh, getting together with groups of people, is there sort of a, 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 an ideal number? I mean, for instance, is, is two too small and 500 too many? Or, you know, where's, where's the sweet spot? Oh, that, that's the that's typical question we have from, from our clients. We call it the magic number. The magic yeah, number. The magic number. It, it all depends. It all depends. Yeah. Um, for example, uh, having five or six persons is very efficient. And it, it does, for action learning projects, it's very efficient way of doing stuff. But on long-term teams, we have uh, found out that from 15 to 25 persons, that's a it's sort of miniature community almost. So you need more people for long-term learning if you meet them on all the time and that creates you your home base so we found out that 2025 um, is a good number above that it goes there's too many people below that there isn't that much dialogue i've coached a team of 10 persons so it, it is possible but we aim for 15 to 25 persons per team and also this uh, what is important to note note over here is that these teams that we when we talk about teams uh, we are not talking about project teams in project teams from two to six people is, is the optimal uh, but these teams are divided into subgroups that are working on different projects and and the idea is to bring 
the things that these subgroups have learned uh, from those pro- projects uh, for the whole team, for, for them, everyone to brainstorm the solutions, the challenges and understanding like what could be the next move of that project group. So so the the team session, uh, we call them the training sessions, the di- dialogue sessions, um, are not o- only about having uh, talk about di- like um, emotions or something like this. It should be quite much focused on what what did we do in practice and what are, are we going to do in practice. Of course, in the in the beginning phase of the team, there's a lot more dialogue about like what are our personalities like how how could we operate as teams what kind of leadership we need for this whole team and so forth and also one one point is the whole community size we've noticed that the upper limit is about 200 persons so the whole community if you have uh, four years of student uh, students so uh, above that you, you you don't know other people because you have to know the other people from other teams as well it, it's a whole learning community the whole sort of sum of everything so that's the upper limit there so if you have bigger one you should split it up or something to have two separate sort of communities in the context that you're talking about i understand you you're really talking about in companies when you're talking about the projects that the or the the, the issues that need to be dealt with but if I if I've done my research correctly, you can also use team learning in in schools, even even in lower schools for primary school children. So how does that work then? Because obviously they're not dealing with well, I'd assume they're not dealing with a, a project that has to be solved. They're trying to get through the the curriculum. So are, are there any differences there or is it just a, exactly the same process? Well, of, of course, it's, a, it's a, a little bit or even quite a lot different. Well, one example could be that since there's a pressure constantly going on that the group sizes of, of the school classes need to be bigger. And unfortunately, it has to be. I, I hope it shouldn't be like this, but one, one teacher that has come to our training like how to become a team coach like he said in our in our webinar in in finnish finnish uh, language webinar that uh, he feels much more calm in in the classroom when he is able to build teams from these 10 year olds like these kids are able to work in in long-term teams and and uh, there needs to be emphasis on on the long term like long-term teams uh, instead of having 30 individuals in the class, he ha- said that he has five or six teams. And he gets to know the individuals uh, much more better when there's some sort of team dynamic in these smaller subgroups within the classroom. So the important thing for him in the training was to, uh, was to understand how teams actually work. Because in teacher teacher training in Finland, you start from the classroom. Like, how can I work with teams within this classroom? And we bring it from another angle. Like, how do teams work in general? And then you can apply how teams work in general and bring that to the classroom and not having the first setting up the, the environment already being in the, in the classroom, but going from the other direction. That would be the same all the way through secondary school students in university? We hope so. So um, this method 
um, has spread through the Finland, but it's not sort of widely used. So different schools have different approaches. This is just one of the um, approaches. We sort of promote this approach, but schools have different ideas on how it goes. But the optimal, of course, we would love to have uh, from kindergarten to university, of course. So you would learn one sort of way of doing things. Uh, and then when you transfer from different school to, to a to, let's say to secondary level or to, to university, you would already know the method of learning. It would be comfortable for you to learn in a new environment using the same method. That would be of course optimal, but it hasn't yet happened. And also there's two approaches to the, to the things that our clients in, in Finland uh, apply the idea of team coaching and learning. The biggest, biggest primary school in Finland is using team learning as a, as a leadership strategy among the teachers. The whole leadership structure and the, and the culture is built around teams and team coaching. So that's, uh, and we have trained, trained over 90% from their, from their uh, teachers and they, they have this, um, this whole system of, of uh, trying to learn in teams and how to uh, benefit the students and the pupils in the in the classroom the best way with their own leadership so it's also also a tool for uh, schools as their leader, leadership culture development not only in pedagogical sense but also in in the whole uh, community leadership it says if i'm not mistaken uh the first line of your linkedin profile says something like it's time for a, a new learning paradigm is this what you think that schools or the old schools should be doing now? In my opinion, this is just my personal opinion. We have gone to the end of the road of, of efficient individual paths. Managing a community with efficient individual paths is is uh, efficient, but it's not the optimal way of how to how to upbring a kid, how to uh, help them to learn new skills. They need the help of others. This is known like throughout the whole education sphere. There's nothing new. I'm not saying anything original, but still, um, we are kind of fighting for the ability to do teamwork inside the schools and having a, a feeling of belonging into a group. One thing that in in Finland, uh, like in whole of Finland, we are struggling um, in in schools is that people are fe feeling lonely. A loneliness loneliness epidemic and i think that one solution to that might be that we uh, emphasize much more team learning in learning with the cost of the individual academic kind of credentials we can have both but we have emphasized the individual paths maybe a little bit a little bit too much in my opinion yeah i i have a different perspective all of us in the in the academia world, and there are hundreds of us, have different view on this. This is also sort of a big question. My perspective is that we should have um, possibility different kinds of schools. So you could have the old-fashioned traditional school, and you, then you could have this very progressive Timi academia. And then people could select them and find what's best for them. And also, in, in case of uh, children, the parents could have a sort of could have a choice. So I, I promote choice. I, I do not promote the idea that everything has to be team learning. I think it's we have to have alternatives for, um, for children and also for our young people.
based on your own experience in education when when you were a schoolboy, would you agree with with Bilen that you felt alone or when you were a student? I've always felt alone at university, not in other schools, but university it it, it wasn't my thing, the traditional one. I've I've tried it. So um, when I went to Timi Academy, it was a totally different world. It was so fantastic. You could really talk with people about books you've read or what you are doing. People were truly, genuinely interested in you. It was a sort of community experience. So yes, I felt the loneliness at university level, not, not in primary school or anything. That went normally. So I think all of us have different experiences on school life. By having this team learning and um, the whole learning community idea, we could provide some people better experience. Following on from what you said about the idea that, that reading is an important part of the team learning process, uh, I've seen that on, on your profile, Yuka, you have a set of books on your LinkedIn profile. Are those, I think, is, is it eight or eight or ten books that you have there? Uh, did you just pick those books at random, or is it because those books are the most important books that you feel people should be reading? I, I can't remember what's on my link. But <laughs> I, I, I typically, I, I never recommend bad, okay. bad books. I never. I never pick them on random. So um, that's my specialty field in, in our company and in the whole Team Academy community. I always best the pick the best books. Hopefully they, they are good enough books on, on my LinkedIn profile. I do have to check it out. Yeah. And I've also I've also added added some books onto my profile that have influenced me uh, personally the most. And what, what is kind of my, my uh, guiding thoughts in, in my professional life, like Peter Senge, Nonakan Takeuchi, Ian Cunningham. A couple of the names to, to be mentioned. If uh, any listener wants to really read a good book about learning and team learning and stuff, read read Ian Cunningham. That's the first, and then Peter Senge comes second. He's a bit more philosophical, but just just read it. Do you have your own personal recommended book reading list then? Um, personal. Um, uh, it, it's not personal, it's what a beginning team coach needs from our perspective. We do give a list to our clients in our training programs that they can select. It's about, currently it's 50 books or something, 40 books. And then you can select from there as a professional, because all of our clients are professional educators, so they can select books that they like. So it's not my, not my books, it's what the team coach needs. Right. Would it be possible for you to send me that list and I can include it in the show notes? Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, the uh, team learning thing that whatever you learn, when you come to this training session or dialogue session, you can share it. That's the point here. So you don't, you, of course, you read the books, you do the normal, let's call them normal studies, but whatever you learn, throughout your studies you can bring it to the team that's the idea so you can reflect on many many kinds of different things that happen to you and what you learn so the team learning allows you to incorporate some ideas from your sort of private life as well when you learn stuff 
you've already mentioned that team learning is something which happens in, in academic environments. You've mentioned that it is, is then grown and developed and adapted to a, a corporate environment. Taking it the other way, have you tried applying it to the family environment? Well, to, to be honest, many of our clients who uh, go to our uh, team coach training programs uh, mentioned this, that this has influenced in a positive way their family life. <laughs> like uh, the ability to, to have dialogue is something that, that many of the teachers uh, who come to our trainings are, are saying that it has changed their, their professional identity, it has changed their uh, personal like lives as well it's not something that ev everyone is saying but it brings you uh, it like we when we bring these people into into a different kind of environment where dialogue is really in the focus uh they haven't experienced that so that's why why people really do kind of these uh maybe they even do have identity identity crisis <laughs> sometimes in our trainings and it's kind of difficult to, to ex explain to them like you might experience an identity crisis but yes for sure uh like it changes you as as a as a person uh not always but it it can have a positive effect this is the your... first time that somebody asks because we get strange questions from people on, on how, where can I use this team learning. And many people have lots of ideas where they, where they could use it. Like, let's say, ice hockey uh, coaching. That's an, to the sports world. But this is the first time somebody asks, can I sort of run my family using team, team learning? That, that would be an experiment, yes. I have to confess that, that I put my, my own children or my, my own family through hell and back by testing out new ideas of, of learning. Because I, I have twins, they're 12 years old and they're about to start secondary school. And especially during the lockdown for COVID when they were, they were stuck at home and we were essentially forced into homeschooling. I tried out lots of different learning styles and techniques. And I, I think, I, I don't know whether I've emotionally scarred my children for life, <laughs> but yeah. Think positive. One of the Team Academy values is brave experiments. We do brave experiments, so that was one of them. <laughs> right. Have you done any brave experiments yourselves then? When, when I was a team coach, yes. Well, the whole my coaching career with the university students, I've been in many fields. Um, was a brave experiment. Uh, personally, and it's only personally because people are different, but for me it was a sort of very demanding world. You had these 15 to 20 persons who couldn't agree on things in the same room twice per week, and there you were sitting there uh, sort of trying to figure out how to get the sort of shared idea what what we are going to do here. And they were sort of bouncing around and some of them read books and some of them didn't and people were totally different personalities for me the whole three years was a sort of um, the first team was very demanding experiment uh, on on how humans behave and who am i and should i control these people or should i give them freedom and what's my role here and sort of that was a tough job and do you find 
it's a tough job because people don't know how to work in a group or people think that they're wasting their time. What is it that makes it tough? Everything. To my experience, and only to my experience, is that it takes time. You have to be very patient on learning. And when you have these people in the room, they, they know that they could go, always go to the traditional school and then go to lectures. And then they th would think that they had learned something about, let's say, marketing or leadership. When you are sitting there and talking, having discussions, it doesn't feel that you are learning. So it takes a long time to realize, really, I have learned. So I, I think that's one of the most difficult parts to have the people in the room for long enough. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, now I'm talking years. I'm not talking about this is not two weeks special course. It's years. So that, that's the most difficult part here. Because when you say that you, they're meeting twice a week for, for years, how long is a, your typical meeting? An hour or is it like a morning or just 10 minutes over a coffee or, or what? In classical team academia, it's four hours, but it varies from client to client and school to school. But the classical one was four hours because it was easy. The school calendar you could have before lunch or after lunch. Four hours gives you lots of space to discuss whatever you need to. It gives you time to check in. We call it check in. You talk about what you've done, check out to sort of review what you've learned and everything. So that's sort of efficient package for um, for learning, that, the four hours. Yeah, four hours twice a week. So eight hours per week, you're sitting there with your whole team. And it's said that uh, for for the students in, in the uh, in the original team, team Academia, the founder, Johannes Partanen, said that it takes about two months for them to learn how to do dialogue. So it's two months of frustration, like they don't know how to operate in this environment. So it takes time for them to learn how to even learn in Team Academia. That's a long time to be having a conversation for. Think about it. If you, if you wish to have deep conversations with other people, really learning, you have to spend lots of time with them. It's trust building process. Normal, if you take a person from the street, you wouldn't engage in talking about what sort of learnings. It's, it's very difficult. So you need lots of time to trust, build trust, know the other person and everything before the actual sharing starts to happen. For people that are interested in team learning who don't happen to live in Finland and can't attend one of your training courses, but have maybe read about what you're doing and, and have, have seen your book list, they've gone through a couple of books and they're interested in trying. What tips, what are the main tips that you would give for them to start off? Plan just enough. Don't do too much planning, but don't go out there without any plans. Like, like when you bring these people together then have some sort of a, like a timeline, what, what will happen at what point. But then uh, you should have some, like quite a lot of flexibility in the beginning. So you have the, the space to adapt uh, because it really depends on the age group, the backgrounds and all, all kinds of stuff, like how it's gonna, how it's gonna start. Yeah, I'm giving the dangerous tip here. 
because not every time you can be successful. It's the brave experiments. But the easiest way of doing this for an educator, really, it's so simple that you don't need any training whatsoever. And you don't have to read any fancy books. You simply take these people and put them in a room, in a circle, and you start discussing about what we've learned. And you repeat that for at least 10 times. After that, see what has anything happened. That's a good way of studying because you get to know how it really is. And then you can develop your professional skills as some sort of these techniques and books and philosophies and everything. But once you have a sort of experience how people react, how do you react with people in groups, just having smart or not so smart discussions. That's my tip. And also you can download uh, a kind of a guide, guidebook, small brochure uh, from our website teamiakatamia.com, uh, trying out dialogue. So that's one one way of starting out from somewhere and it's, it's in english yes fantastic and also we we do uh, teacher training in in english as well so we do uh, train about 250 teachers to become team coaches in finland but also every once like once a year or once every two years we established a, a group for our international uh, clients as well and is that also held in Finland or held elsewhere? Uh, no, we, we well, yes, we have four modules in it and we tend to go to places that are using team coaching. So we really dive deep into the communities that are uh, somehow using the team academy methodology. So the last time we were twice in Finland, once in, in Spain and once in Czech Republic. So you'll get a good glimpse of what, what's, what's going, going on uh, around Europe. Do you have any more on the horizon? Yes, hopefully next year we're going to start one in 2023. We're going to start another group for our international clients. Right. Um, have you any idea where you'd be holding that one? Not yet, because it depends on the client's needs. But hopefully, and this is my personal hope, I hope we could have one module in the United States. That would be exotic. They've been running team learning there for three or four years very successfully. Right. So it would be fantastic to show the Europeans that the American way of doing it. So we could have these cultural influences. And once you get into the United States, then the sky's the limit. To wrap up, if there was one key message that you would like our listener to take away, this, this is a question to both of you, what would that one key message be? Start doing something and st stop planning too much. Start doing. Okay. And Yuka? I would say try out team learning for at least 10 times. 10 sessions? 10 sessions. Okay. So, thank you very much. If anybody would like to contact you to get more information, where should they go? Well, you can go to our website, teamiacademia.com, or you can find us both on LinkedIn. I'll put that information on the show notes as well. Perfect. Thanks. Okay. Right. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. I wish you all the best. Thank you, Ian. Thank you. Thank you.